What is up? Welcome to the After Hours Entrepreneur. If you're a podcaster or looking to start a podcast, if you're looking to reach more people with audio, this is the place to be. We are joined today by Travis Brown. Travis has worked with over 100 podcasters to launch their shows. He just has an incredible sound. His audio is crystal crispy clear and just a lot of experience in the industry. He also is the founder of Poddex, which is a really cool now app that he's developed. And basically, as podcasters, it gives you questions to ask, interesting topics to cover. So really, really cool. I have a link below that you can check out to get your own copy of Poddex. And listen, this episode is a ton of fun. Because not only are we talking about one of my favorite things to talk about, podcasting, but it's a dual episode. So we actually did this a little bit differently. We formatted it just slightly differently in that uh, the podcast is going to be used both on my show, The After Hours Entrepreneur, and on Travis's show as well. So anyway, you are in the right place if you're ready to take your podcast to the next level. Make sure you smash the subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the episodes that are coming your way. And quite frankly, if you want to grow your podcast, you got to be on Clubhouse. I actually, right now, have some invites. I might have an invite for you. So hit me up, mark at marksmontmedia.com, and I'll see what I can do to get you into the clubhouse. All right, with all that said, let's get into this masterclass on podcasting. Travis Brown. Travis Brown, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. Excited to be here. Yeah, Travis, my pleasure. We were just kind of chatting a little bit before the episode started. We both love podcasting. Super, super powerful. I'm just kind of curious, Travis, how did you get into podcasting? Sure. So my history, I've been a musician since I was 15 years old, and I used to actually tour the country like a gypsy, uh, <laughs> driving around. Uh, before cell phones had maps on them, we took a Rand McNally, the big book map, and we would just drive around the country and play shows. So audio's always been a big part of my life. And when you're a musician, you want to learn how to record yourself so you can demo songs or record your own album. So I inevitably learned how to do audio uh, for music. And then um, as you get older and you see all your peers around you getting jobs and health insurance and condos and cars, you decide, I'm going to grow up and get a big boy job. So eventually I gave in, I traded in my guitar uh, to get a job and I would commute an hour both ways to my desk job. And at some point, I stumbled along podcasts and I would start listening to these podcasts and I just got sucked into podcasting. But I realized some of these podcasts don't sound very good. And I, was thinking with my skill set, I think that I could actually make great sounding podcasts. So it just so happened I went to a networking event and met someone who wanted to start a podcast. Now, this is about eight years ago. And uh, I said, hey, listen, uh, you you're, you have a really great brand going. Let me produce your podcast and started with him. And he actually just got an HGTV show last week off of podcasting for the last eight years. And from there, it just, he told the client who told the client, I've never advertised my services and I've helped over a hundred people launch a podcast. And many of them have six figure funnels just based off of the podcast alone for their business. Wow. Wow. That is a really, really important story. Really awesome story too. Kind of similar to me. I mean, I started listening to podcasts, really enjoyed them, really loved them. And I just kind of started it. And what, what was kind of funny for me is when I was in college, I loved public speaking. I loved getting up in front of the class and presenting and speaking, but I just never really went down that lane. But once I started podcasting, I was like, wait a minute, I, I really love this. I really love this. You also brought up another thing, audio quality, right? I think in the past when there wasn't a lot of competition in the podcast space, 
audio quality wasn't quite as important, but I think with every passing day, it becomes more and more important. So I'm kind of curious in your experience, Travis, what are three ways that we can improve the quality of our audio? Sure, absolutely. So I think that um, because podcasting is only audio for the most part, now I know some people are doing video like you do, which is awesome, but for the most part, podcasting just stands on one leg. It's it's an audio file that you're listening to. So you really want it to sound good and make it sound professional. So I think the first thing that people can do to make their podcast sound better is to take a look at their environment and see which microphone is right for you. So a lot of people go out and they buy a condenser microphone. And a condenser microphone is like your Blue Yeti or there's other Audio-Technica, but a condenser microphone is really suited for a specific environment. It's very sensitive. It's meant to pick up all the nuances uh, used oftentimes in recording studios for vocalists. So Hmm. if your room doesn't have anything to absorb reflection, you get a lot of room noise. And let's be honest, we don't all live in a recording studio. So um, I think that by uh, figuring out in your room, like, hey, I could probably use a dynamic microphone. Now, most of the microphones on the market are dynamic microphones, and it's a less sensitive capsule. And it gives you more of a radio broadcast, that pillowy, uh, you know, radio sound. And it's it's much easier to work with in post-production. And you don't have to worry about the the landscapers showing up and and the air conditioning kicking on as much. And, and you can really get a great sound from even like a $50 mic. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars on a microphone. So I think that's probably the first thing people can do is get the right mic. I want to interject a little bit on that because like Travis is saying, picking up a dynamic mic is probably easier than some of the other options like recording in your closet or putting a bunch of comforters in your bathtub or your shower, right? Because I've I've seen that happen before. I'm sure you've seen in all the Facebook groups, people are building these little like forts around their <laughs> microphone. And I always laugh because I just say like the the amount of money you spent building that little fort at Home Depot, you could have just bought a $50 <laughs> you know, microphone and you wouldn't even need to have that. But, you know, everyone's on their own journey. So I, I don't comment. I don't say anything. I just let people do their thing. But uh, yeah, the dynamic microphone, they're affordable and more than ever. And um, that's the really way to start. Now, the second way is to really um, sound good is to actually practice using your microphone. So don't go get a microphone and immediately record a podcast with somebody. Spend 30 minutes in your environment, set it up, figure out which, which way you can face it to make sure that it sounds the best. A good rule of thumb is generally about three fingers away from the microphone is going to give you that nice proximity effect. Now, if I get farther away, you're going to see that, like, obviously it's picking up more of the room that I'm in. And that doesn't sound good. That sounds like I'm far away. Podcasting, you want to be right in the listener's ear, right? You're the little voice in their head. So spend just a little time figuring out how everyone's voice is different. So figure out how you sound good on that microphone and document your settings. Say, I've got the gain turned to level seven. I've got the microphone a little off axis so I don't get plosives, things Mm. like that. And that can really set you up to have a great start because then you know where you need to be at all times when you're podcasting. You definitely want to be listening back to it too. I know when I first started, I recorded dozens of episodes and I was listening back to them. I'm like, what is this clicking noise in the background? I'm telling you, Travis, I was killing myself to try to figure out where this clicking was. And it was actually coming from the chair I was sitting in. When I would shift my weight, it would make this little clinking noise, which is this kind of like white noise you don't even pay attention to under normal circumstances. But for a podcast, it was it was very distracting. So be listen back to your episodes, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's a big thing. So absolutely. And yeah. So what do you got for number three for us, Travis? 
Uh, number three, I think, is just to learn how to minimally edit a podcast. So there's a bunch of different digital audio workstations. It doesn't really matter which one you use, but I would highly recommend learning how to cut the audio, move the audio, fade the audio. And editing, I think, is one of the most underrated parts of a podcast. Now, there's no problem with putting your podcast out there straight out just as is. But with a little bit of editing, you can start to craft something that is really great for the listener. Now, People oftentimes over edit, they'll cut out silence. Like I think that there's something to be said with a dramatic pause, but, uh, you know, just spending a little time listening back and editing it. You're remember you're making the podcast for listeners. A lot of people make the, they start making the podcast for themselves, which is great, but there's two ears on the other side of every podcast and you want to make it optimal for them to consume and keep coming back for more. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Just get, I, It's certainly a process of getting better every day with each episode. And, and like you said, sometimes over-editing can drive you nuts. I mean, I, I do a pretty minimal amount of editing for my show, the way it's set up right now, both on YouTube video and, and on audio, pretty minimal. Um, but there have been shows I've worked on where I just go in and I just go nuts, just really, really editing it. But I just... It, it kind of drained me. Another just kind of a pro tip that I would throw out there. One of the things that I started doing was being much more thoughtful with the first five minutes of ed editing, because there's that magic moment that Pat Flynn always talks about where someone says, I'm going to listen to this and they put it in their pocket, right? If you can hook them in the first five minutes, make that really, really polished. You maybe don't need to be quite as intensive on the back end. Have you, have you ever thought about that? I, I completely agree. I think that you've got between 30 seconds and five minutes to really get somebody to stick around for that episode. Yeah. So you really want to, A, uh, make sure that they know what they're going to get in the episode. So you want to make sure that you're telling someone, hey, if you stick around, here's what you're going to get. And if they want that information, they can stay with you. And if they don't, it's okay. They can they can go do another episode, yeah. right? But you want to make sure that you don't spend too much time in the beginning just jabbering and doing small talk and talking <laughs> about the weather. You want to get right into the meat. Like, I'll bring music back into this. Um, so a lot of big producers will say, don't bore us, get us to the chorus, right? So all the pop songs, all the big songs on the radio typically start with a chorus. It's the most exciting part of the song. So if you think about your podcast, you want to start with something exciting to get people interested to stick around and then unfold the story and you can be a little more relaxed. But definitely what you said about the first five minutes is spot on. So this is an interesting thing. We're talking about intros, intro music. This is something I kind of fluctuate back and forth on and different shows do it differently. When I first launched the After Hours Entrepreneur, I had this nice introduction. It was about 15 seconds long with some background music, but I eventually was like, as I'm listening to the episodes, I'm like, I don't want to hear this intro every time. So I, I cut it out. What do you think? How important is having some music and a consistent intro in your show? I think it's cool, but I am also with you. You you basically put yourself in the listener's shoes and you said, I don't want to listen to this over and over again. Why on earth would your listeners <laughs> want to either, right? So I think in the beginning of podcasts, there were trends. Everyone ran out to Fiverr and got some announcer guy to announce their show <laughs> to, to feel more professional. But as podcasting expands and grows, it's just like every other medium. We have to figure out ways to get people the information as fast as possible and get them into the show. So I don't think that in 2020, 20, having some elaborate intro file is really all that big of a deal. Um, so I'm with you on that. I think that you can go without it. I think that you could serve your audience much better by just telling them in 
three sentences, you know, what, who you are, what they're going to get in this episode and then get into it. And uh, again, don't bore us, get us to the chorus, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm definitely with you there. That is when I'm listening to new podcasts, if they have 45, 60 seconds worth of the stagnant intro, I'm like, man, you got yes. You got like you said, you got to get to the course quickly. I really like that, Travis. That's really, really, really one, great. One other thing I'll just throw out there is I work with a lot of new podcasters and a lot of new podcasters use Anchor because mm -hmm. it's easy. Anchor is a hosting platform. There's nothing wrong with Anchor, but Anchor offers you some type of uh, sponsorship deal where if you make an ad for them. <laughs> Uh, you know, you put it in there and you can get paid. Well, all these new podcasters that don't have audiences are using the first 60 seconds to tell you to go use Anchor. And I always tell them, you are basically wasting the first 60 seconds of every episode. That's the time that someone wants to, to really get into this podcast with an ad for a giant corporation that's going to pay you pennies on the dollar for doing it. So I always recommend, and there's different thought processes on sponsorships, but I always recommend don't, don't give anybody your first 60 seconds of your podcast. That's yours to hook hook your audience yeah especially if you're brand new and you've got you don't have an audience yet right if 10 yes. people are listening to your episode you're going to get 10 cents it's, it's really not really not worth it so let's talk about monetization a little bit when is the right time to actually go out and get sponsors what's that like magic number of downloads where you should really be thoughtful about that sure so there's different schools of thought uh monetization for advertising is based on a CPM. So it's basically you get paid a fee per thousand streams. Mm -hmm. So until you get up into like the say 50,000 streams per episode, you really won't make that much money to send someone away from you to go buy something. So, you know, I'm always telling podcasters, there's, there's other ways to make money with your podcast. And I know, as podcasters, we spent all this time making this content, and at some point, we want to be rewarded for it. So I understand why people would want to get a sponsor in the first place. However, I think that getting a sponsor is like telling somebody to walk into your store and then tell them that there's another store to go to before <laughs> they shop around, right? So I think that the ways that podcasters who aren't getting 50,000, and I'm not getting 50,000, you might be getting 50,000, but um, you know, most people aren't getting those numbers. So there's other ways to monetize. The first way is to simply do affiliate sales. So promoting the things that you love and use, like you actually really use, and sharing that with people is super magnetic. And if you can get paid when people click a link to buy the things that you love and use is a great way to start monetizing your podcast. So there's Amazon, there's all kinds of different affiliate companies that you could start to do that with. Um, there's other ways to monetize, like building your own course and selling your own course, right? I always am perplexed at podcasters wanting to send someone away to buy something else. Make your own product. There's probably something that people ask you for all the time, your expertise. How do I do this? They keep asking you. That's the world telling you or the universe telling you that's what you should make a course about. And you can make this digital course. It costs you. You don't have to press anything or manufacture anything. Spend a little time. And, and lead people to your course or your service. Does that make sense? No, it, make, it makes a lot of sense. I think that for me, the process of being a successful podcaster is this improvement in perpetuity, right? So if you're a brand new podcaster, you probably shouldn't even be thinking about monetization just yet. Just focus on the quality of your show like we started with. Um, and, you know, affiliates, affiliate links are super easy, lightweight, like you mentioned, Amazon, um, uh, the yeah, audition, the Adobe audition. There's there's a lot yeah. of good ones, right? Uh, but building out a course takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. That might not be day one. Maybe that's 
in your three-year plan, right? Sure. Your plan. Your plan. Yeah, I think I think you know it's chicken and the egg, right? And I I truly think that the audience comes before monetization. So you need to spend some time, just build a community and an audience, and make really great episodes, mm. and then you'll have an opportunity to sell. You have to remember, we're sold, you know, hundreds of times a day, billboards, Facebook ads, pop ups, and when you stick something like that in your podcast, you're sort of signaling to people what's most important to you. So yeah. is what is 10 cents for an anchor ad most important to you? Or is giving your audience either a huge piece of value or some type of entertainment more important to you? So for me personally, I've been approached by people to have ads in my podcast. I say, no way. That's not what I'm doing for my audience. I'm here to help them. That's all my podcast is for. And then I have services and products that eventually that will they will get led to but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna jam that down anyone's throat in 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 my podcast yeah i think that makes a lot of sense i'm in the same same boat with you and of course one of the products that you've developed now is Poddex. so i'm kind of yeah. kind of curious about curious about this travis so Poddex essentially are cards to help podcasters ask better more engaging questions how did you come across this idea and tell me a little bit about the formulation Sure. So um, the story is a little bit long, so I'll cut it down for you. But essentially, I have a podcast editing agency where I help people like authors and coaches and entrepreneurs that don't want to you know, do the dirty work of editing a podcast and writing notes. I help them on the back end of their show. And so there's a lot of people that approach me for a consult or a call that they're not actually a good fit for me or they don't have the budget to hire an editor, which I totally understand. So I decided that I was going to build a course so I could continue to help people that didn't want to work with me mm -hmm. and say, I have this course that I, I distill all of the information I know, and you can do it yourself because my personal goal is to help as many podcasters find their voice, grow their audience and, you know, start their own podcast revolution and maybe live the life of their dreams through podcasting. So I really wanted to help people. So I built this course that nobody asked me to build, which is a big, big, Risk. big lesson, right? <laughs> so uh, don't ever build a course that no one's asked you for. Anyway, um, I also subscribe to this marketing theory. I have a this guy named Alan Dibb has a book called The One Page Marketing Plan, and he's a genius. It's a great book that applies to any business. But he talks about this lumpy envelope, right? So if you send someone uh, an envelope that's lumpy in the mail and they open up their mail, it's the first thing that they'll open. They have to know what's in this lumpy envelope. Hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to use this as a thank you, like a gratitude thing, this lumpy envelope strategy for people who buy the course. And I'm going to put a deck of cards with unique conversation starting questions to help them have better interviews. Like not everyone is as, as good as, you know, a Mark Servant at, at asking <laughs> questions, right? You have to start somewhere. So I wanted to really uh, get people results faster. So I made this deck of cards as a, as a sort of bonus for buying the course. And I launched the course. And on day one, I sold one course. And on day two, zero. And on day three, zero. <laughs> but people kept asking me, what are those cards you keep showing? And I was like, Oh, you mean like the little giveaway thing? I thought it was like sort of a gag. And so I said, hmm, maybe there's something to this. So I decided I'm going to do what's called the minimal viable product. We've all read all the business books about starting lean. So I'm like, I'll call it pod decks because that was the only thing I could think to call it at the time. I pressed 10 decks and I put out an ad on Instagram and I sold out in five minutes. And I was like, that must have been a fluke, right? I got lucky. So I pressed another 100. I ran the same ad and I sold out in a day. And I was like, okay. This is something that's going to help people transform from 
starting out as a podcaster to gaining confidence, to having ideas, to being able to plan episodes. And here I am today, uh, just about a year after this came out, where we've got multiple decks as products and now a mobile app that you can download your phone and use these prompts to either engage your audience on social media or have uh, really interesting conversations or plan episodes. And it's just one of those things where I, when I look back at it, I could have just said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to listen to what people want, but I pivoted and I said, mm. okay, enough with the course. I'm going to focus on this. And I've sent pod decks to huge podcasters all around the world and little podcasters all over the world. And I've met some amazing people like yourself just through this little company that was really an accident. Well, it's a really, I don't want to necessarily say unique idea, but it's just so great how you said, hey, this is the problem that's out there. This is how I can solve it in a unique way that hasn't been done before. And the, the I just think you have a really great, you have several great pieces of advice there, but solve the problems that your consumer has. Don't try to invent sure. problems for your consumer, which is a really easy problem to run into. And then listening, getting that feedback, engaging. Uh, it's really, really great stuff here with Travis Brown from poddex.com where you can really step up your question and answer game. Yeah, like it. Yeah, so I, I think there's another reason poddex really worked for people, which is um, sort of along the lines of the blue ocean. You know, if you have a blue ocean idea, it's not anything that exists, but there's no real accessories for podcasts. Right. I mean, you buy a microphone and you buy headphones and you're sort of done. Like, <laughs> and I do think that people like to buy things and have things. And they're a lot of fun. I mean, um, I go live all the time and I meet new people and I just interview random people. And I've made some huge connections just and got to know a lot of really awesome people just through asking really good questions. Yeah, so. yeah it's actually, actually a very, very good point. People always are looking for ways to upgrade and update and, and get more stuff. And that's a really kind of like lightweight item that could seriously improve the quality of your show, especially if, again, if you're not as practiced and don't have a lot of experience, it can really get you caught up quickly. I want to talk a little bit about adding and upgrading to your game, right? Because this is something that I think about is, a, is someone getting new into podcasting. You have to find a way to differentiate yourself. One of the ways that I've differentiated myself and the After Hours Entrepreneur is really focusing on video, right? Really focusing on video, video distribution, like the wave memes that you see out there. To me, they're not super effective, but I've been having a lot of success specifically on LinkedIn, but on some other channels as well. How do you see video being applied to podcasting long-term? I think what you're doing, and I've been saying this for a little while now, I think that video is the future for podcasting, whether that's a vodcast. I think people will always consume audio because it's frictionless and you can do it while you're walking the dog yeah. or driving your car or whatever. But I think that video now is the future for podcasters. Um, I think about seven years ago, audiograms were like the future for podcasters to be able to share something on social media. But I think that ship has sailed a bit where audiograms are just sort of noise now where video and, you know, the human being looks for faces and everything. If you look at the moon, you're going to see a right. face. If you look at a tree, you're going to see a face. So we're biologically programmed to look for faces. So there's nothing better to post on social media than your face doing a podcast. And I know that can be intimidating to some people because they don't like to be on video. Video is a little bit more difficult. But I think now that this this uh, pandemic has happened and we've all been you know, kind of trapped and everyone has learned how to use Zoom, I think that there's more people that are getting more comfortable with being on camera and doing it. So mm -hmm. as a podcaster, I think that's probably one of many things that is uh, part of your success is the way that you're 
you're promoting your podcast. And it's definitely something I think a lot of podcasters need to lean into, whether that just be a live episode or repurposing content into an actual video post that gets people excited about the show. Well, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Trying new things, getting comfortable with discomfort. If you're not comfortable with video, the best way to get comfortable is to start trying it. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. But I mean, the reality is YouTube. So let's say, take YouTube, for example. A lot of the YouTube content that I consume is just playing in the background. I don't really watch a lot of YouTube. I listen to a lot of YouTube. Why not take your podcast and put it on there? Um, the, the problem I think that people can run into is they just slap a still image. Uh, Tim Ferriss actually does this. I mean, Tim Ferriss, like the biggest podcaster yeah. on, on earth, but he, he actually does this on YouTube. He just, he puts in a blank image and then just plays the audio over it, right? And then other people like Joe Rogan are more thoughtful with what they're doing. And this is another thing I think is really interesting. Spotify has actually started implementing video into their platform. It's also interesting that Spotify is now take is is really starting to creep up on Apple for taking a percentage of of listeners. How do you see this playing out? Do you see like a huge app war between Apple and Spotify in the future, Travis? I mean, I think that uh, Spotify has done a huge uh, investment into podcasting because they see the future of of how people are consuming content. I think that writing a blog is still good for you in some ways, but it's not as sticky as podcasting is. And I think mm. that. You know, doing a YouTube channel is great, but it's time intensive and you can't watch a video anywhere. So I think that Spotify probably had a lot of people coming from different tech companies that said podcasting is really the future here. And I've talked to executives at Spotify and Google, and they predict that in five years, every single person and brand will likely uh, have a podcast. So um, I think that they're doing all the right things. And when you look at the when you look at the two, there's generally two behemoths in every industry, right? There's Apple and there's uh, Android PC. or yeah, yeah, or Android, right? And there's there's generally two people, but you know, Spotify's made some huge investments and they are creeping in on that Apple number. And um, I do think Apple has some optimization to do with their charts and some things, but I think they'll always be sort of on top. I mean, it is called a podcast based off of a, a, an iPod, right? right? So I think that they'll um, always sort of be at the top just as one of the top device manufacturers in the world. But I was actually looking at some stats today, probably the same thing you were looking at. It was the chart of where people are consuming podcasts. Mm. And I think that podcasters get really hung up on making sure they're on every single platform. And this chart actually shows you that about 0.07% of people actually listen to podcasts on iHeartRadio, <laughs> which a lot of my clients say, I want to be on iHeartRadio. So I can't wait to show them this chart to show, show them that no one's listening to you on iHeartRadio. Just focus on the main things and keep creating content. I mean, so, the, the flip side though, Travis, is like the opportunity cost is I mean, it's it's minimal, right? But it's so easy true. to just get your RSS feed out there. That's that's another be beautiful part about podcasting is you set it up once. I don't ever have to worry about iHeartRadio again. I'm there, you know. That's true. That's very true. Yes. Uh, I just think that when po when new podcasters come to the game, I think they get a little overwhelmed when they see yeah. all those places and they don't know how easy it is to do a one-click publish to a new platform. And that may scare them off from actually starting or buying the right microphone might scare them off. And as a person who wants people to, you know, be illuminated by their passion and telling their stories, I don't want anything to scare people away from podcasting because I think we're all unique and have different experiences that we can share with the world. And that's why podcasting is just such an amazing platform. Yeah, it's it's really fantastic. I, I want to talk a little bit about one of the the weaknesses of podcasting. And I'll give you a little bit of context. One of the things I really enjoy about YouTube and one of the reasons I'm really 
passionate about consistently being on YouTube is it's very easy to get engagement, right? People can like, they can share very easily. They can leave comments that you can answer. There's not a lot of social engagement on podcasting, right? Spotify, you can follow and that's about it. You can share. Same thing with iTunes. Do you think that there's a possibility, there's an opportunity for some app to come along? Because some apps have tried this. Do you feel like there's some social media app that is just waiting to pop for podcasting? Probably, yes. I'm sure that there's there's engineers working somewhere on something because I, I feel like uh, I feel like we may be in the similar age range, but I don't do you were you on MySpace? Oh yeah, Tom. Me and Tom, okay. we're like this. <laughs> so I was telling someone a story about this the other day that do you remember what ruined MySpace? Dane Cook? No, but that's a good answer. Uh, bands. So once bands got onto MySpace, it became this thing where all these bands, everyone had a band page, and it seemed to sort of just like, it changed it from a social media thing to a promotional. Mm. And I feel like uh, podcasting is getting a little bit with with certain uh, aspects to that point where there's this influx of people just posting, check out my episode, check out my episode, check out my episode. And we need an app. We need a place, a community app where people can share podcasts and they can be found and shared easier than it is right now. And I'd be willing to bet that companies like Sounder FM and Spotify and Google have uh, a roadmap to make that happen. And mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, I applaud that when it happens because I don't want all these other, you know, apps like Instagram is obviously for photography has become, you know. Uh, and my, and my view is probably skewed because I follow a lot of podcasters, but it's just a lot of the same thing over and over again, which makes it not as magnetic when I want to go look at it. Yeah. Well, I got to be I got to be frank. Facebook, I get z almost zero reach on Facebook, but I can post something on LinkedIn and I'll reach thousands of people. So it's I think, again, it's kind of interesting that you're you're continuously trying new things. If you're trying the thing that worked two years ago, I, I just don't think it's I don't think you're going to stand out. Um, and it, this is why I've been really passionate about working and developing a team to really get serious about going to video, because I, I think that's something that a lot of the big entrepreneurship style podcasts aren't doing. Um, the other the other advantage, too, is you, it's so easy to repurpose. I, I remember I saw Gary Vee a few years ago at, uh, at an event and he, he, he before he left, he made one comment. Make more content, Dick. That was his like that was his. <laughs> I don't remember much, but I remember that it really stuck out to me. Um, and then he later on released this deck about how you can really create tons yep. and tons of content. This vi 30 minute video interview that we're doing right now, Travis and I is going to get we're going to get dozens and dozens and dozens of pieces of content distributed all over the web, all over social media. We're going to share this so you can listen to it on uh, Travis's podcast, Podcast Therapy, or you can listen to it on my show, The After Hours Entrepreneur. It's he, He's going to share it. I'm going to share it. We're going to that, that yeah. to me is where the, the real money is, is when you can get a 30 minute video and magnify it times 10. Right. That, yeah. So that that slide deck that Gary V put out was basically taking one pillar piece of content and turning it yes. into many pieces of content that you put all over, which is uh, brilliant. And I've actually been using you as an example, unbeknownst to you, to other podcasters. Of <laughs> Thank you. Of, there's a couple of things. First of all, using the pillar content to make mini content, but also, you know, in a previous conversation we had, you, you've been investing in a team in a system. And I think that that's something that's majorly overlooked for podcasters mm. is developing a system. It's the same. It's the same reason why McDonald's can serve you the same cheeseburger around the world or Starbucks can make you the same cup of coffee. They spend time building these systems and mm. it's it makes you more efficient 
And your team knows exactly what to do with every single piece of the puzzle, which is going to make you have a you know wider reach, make more content, and be a happier podcaster. So um, if you're out there and you're watching this or listening to this podcast, you really want to start to think about building a system and then having potentially a team work with you so you're not just on Lonely Island trying to do everything all yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It is there are so many amazing, amazing people out there that can really help you magnify your podcast. I would, I we could go on and on about this topic because I'm <laughs> yes. very, very passionate about offloading and off sourcing a lot of your busy work so you can focus on what you care about. Um, but my challenge to everyone out there would be get serious about writing down a list of every step of your process. Keep coming back to it. Keep adding to it. My my process is now it's like 25 pages, single spaced, mind you. Just wow. keep building it out. Keep building it out. And you'll be amazed what can what can come from that. So. Yeah, my mentor always tells me it's the who, not the how. So yeah. when next time you think about how you're going to do something, maybe think about maybe who's going to do it for you. So yeah, yeah, love it. So we're talking to Travis Brown here from Poddex, poddex.com, podcastbuddy.co.co. But before I let you go, Travis, I want to ask you some world famous after hours entrepreneur rapid fire questions are you ready I'm to run for this i'm ready to rock this is the good stuff you can also find these on tiktok too i'm kind of working with my team to kind of clean these up for tiktok which is another thing that i've been experimenting with but that's a whole nother story we have to do this again sometime soon i think yeah man this has been a lot of fun um uh, travis what is a must-have business item for less than 50 bucks uh, I would say it doesn't matter which one, but some type of planner that allows you to plan out your day in blocks of an hour. I think that if you live by a calendar, you will always get more done than by creating just a, a list of things to do. So there's lots of different ones out there. I couldn't point you to a specific one, but any type of daily planner that's going to allow you to block out your day, I think is an absolute must have for any business person. Love it. If you could only have one social media app on your phone, what would you have? Instagram, hands down, my all-time favorite. Dig it. I'm too old. I'm too old for TikTok. I'm afraid to go even look at it because I just think that uh, they'll kick me out. Well, it's it's the new thing. You're seeing TikTok, the same thing that, that TikTok is doing. You're seeing on Instagram, true, with Reels and YouTube is starting to to play with it too. So I think that's, you know, it's not it's not going away. The short form. Pat Flynn, by the way, is doing an excellent job with Reels, crushing it with Reels on Instagram. Yes, he is. Uh, what is a must-have subscription in your life? Uh, I'm, you know, I have a Spotify subscription and I'm a big fan of that as well as Audible. I love listening to audiobooks. So I would say it's probably a 50-50 between those two um, just because I'm, I'm an audio fanatic and always consuming. So Audible also has a great affiliate program out there for anyone that's trying. Indeed they do. Check that out. Yeah. Check out the affiliate program. Uh, what is a, if you woke up in the morning, there was only one business task you could do for the day. What would you do? I would give my team a list of things to get done. <laughs> I would give I would give the team the the marching orders for the day. Definitely, I give you an A plus for that How answer. About you? I want I want to know I want to know your answer. I, I would say the same thing. It would be delegate. It would be I have I now have six no five team members. I would make sure each team member was good. They were clear. I think second in line would be engage with the audience, whether it was via email or social media. I would make sure I'm engaging with everyone. Those would be my top two on my list awesome but delegating definitely number one uh final question here for you. if you had 10 seconds with yourself 10 years ago what would you say quit drinking well said <laughs> uh, you know i spent a, you know as a band guy um as a party animal you know spent a lot of years um probably 
you know, wasting time in bars or parties mm. and things. And now that I'm older and have children and I don't party anymore, I just sometimes I think back to how productive I could have been when I if I wasn't, you know, spending money or resources or time just on things that are completely fleeting. So yeah. um, I guess if there was one thing I wish I could go back and do it would just be to give myself a little kick in the butt and say, uh, just uh, you got a lot to do here. So let's get it done. So very easy question. Can I ask you one question, a rapid fire question? Sure, please. If you could look through anybody's email without them knowing, whose email would you look through? This is a Poddex question, by the way. This is a Poddex question. I mean, right now, I want to say Hillary Clinton's emails. <laughs> That's probably a very, too... very common answer. Um, I would probably. I mean, there's so many interesting people. I would probably look at what Gary Vee is doing. Honestly, that would be okay. that would be the band. He's just consistently way ahead of his time in predicting what's coming next. So I'd love to be a fly on the wall of Gary Vee, uh, Gary Vee's email inbox. All right, one more question: If you could sit next to anybody on a 10 hour flight. Who would it be and why? You get you basically get ten hours with someone. And these are tough. These are tough questions. <laughs> I will go with. I'll go with Mark Cuban. I'll go with Mark Cuban. Oh yeah, I, that's I, a good answer. I, I love what Mark does, both on Shark Tank. Uh, I just actually interviewed David Zamorin, who was able to connect with Mark on shark tank got a deal with mark and he just seems like a really fascinating guy i'd love to pick his brain yeah a friend of mine got a deal with mark cuban um on shark tank he actually got an offer and counter offered lower than what he had offered well. <laughs> on national on national tv <laughs> oh, i so. can't imagine how hard it is with the lights and the sweat you're getting drilled i can't i can't imagine yeah. So I won't judge. No judgment. Yeah, me neither. It's just funny. Judgment-free zone. Well, Travis, this has been a pleasure. I look forward to watching your story grow with Poddex, and we will talk very soon. Thanks, Mark. Yep. Travis is a great guy, great podcaster. I've gotten to know him quite a bit better over the past few weeks, and I, I can just tell you, he's definitely someone to be watching, just, just pouring out all of his knowledge to other podcasters. So really, really great guy. Thanks for listening. Again, here today to the After Hours Entrepreneur. Love you. Thanks for listening. Again, if you need an invite to Clubhouse, hit me up, mark at marksfondmedia.com. Let me know that you heard it on this show, and I'll see what I can do to get you in. With all that said, have an awesome day. This is Mark Savant signing off. You've been listening to the After Hours Entrepreneur. Go create something. Peace.